Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, Macca19 here from the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. And of course, we're coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio. And look, uh, joining me this evening is no doubt a very, very shattered co-host, Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? <laughs> it's very sad, Macca. It is. You've just broken the news to me. I'm devastated. It's uh, it's terrible news. But look, I, I think we can pull news. through. We can pull through here. I, I, I don't think it's possible. I just look. He, can't he just see... would have turned the bowl over anyway and given up a couple of goals. So look, the uh, the uh, the injury to uh to the Jasper Pit Dog. We will move on. Life no, on. we won't. I think you're being very dismissive. This is like a G20 world event that's happened. <laughs> and people are now going to actually appreciate the power that is Jasper Pittard. Because if we're worried about our slow around the boundary ball movement, you wait till you see Sunday. We're just going to be chip chip Mark Williams the whole way. But anyway, we'll see how we go. We'll see. I can't wait for Cracker to be best on ground and Jasper to play in the Maggies next week because he can't get a game. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it is just uh, love it. appalling behaviour on your part here. I love Take it. a good look at yourself. <laughs> I will. I will. I look, back on the podcast, but he's not with us at the moment. He'll be joining us very soon. Uh, we will be speaking with Janus. Yeah, awesome. So we can get all the anus jokes in now while he's not here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. We can pump them out. That's for sure. We can pump them out. And are you excited by our new segment tonight, Macca? Oh, thrilled to bits, mate. Thrilled. Are you? Yes. And, and I guess we've also got a big footy locker room ticket to give away. Yep. So how we? I, I think it should be to reward some sort of interaction so hopefully there's one or two people listening i know we're late um, we've got three but... people listening at the moment so well then you got a one in three chance of winning you guys are awesome you rock so uh i can't even get onto my computer to post up to remind people that it was started so blame me for that i had an appointment so we have to think of a way i don't know maybe maybe remember how we had the who am i and i gave away yep. that last obvious question yep Maybe it can that be everyone's the, forgotten. Yeah, that everyone's forgotten, but we'll uh, we'll revisit it, and uh, maybe the per- we'll have to guess the who am I tonight, and whoever whoever can guess it can um, they win first in's best dressed. Sounds good to me. Yep, awesome. All right. All right. And well, do you want to segment? Guess, uh, yes. Let's do the new segment now while we're waiting for Janus. All right. So we've got the new segment. We're gonna we've got a jingle for it. Oh, <laughs> awesome. I like the little flat. I like the flash at the end. All right. All right. You got to be quick. All right. This All is right. going to be a quick segment. So you got to, you can't pause and think about this stuff. We're going to okay. we go we churn through. We got lots of questions too. All awesome. right. So, first one. Man you read. Does Macca 19 love Port Power and are they the real Port Adelaide? Don't be stupid, manure ID. 
Clearly, the real Port Adelaide is the Port Magpies. What? Clearly. What the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? What sort of answer is that? <laughs> Port Magpies forever, mate. Come on. What? Obviously, Port, Port, Port Adelaide is uh, to the side here. Port Magpies always number one, mate. Yeah, so who's the real Port Magpies? Who's the real Port Magpies? Yeah. Since 1870, buddy. Yeah, so Port LA Power. Port LA Magpies. Next well, now question. I'm really confused. Are we talking <laughs> one club? Yes. Wow, that's a very bipolar answer. You've perplexed me. All right, Maka, Simba. Very easy to you ask. You are sex. What is your secret? <laughs> I am sex. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Simba. I am the sex. And all I've got to say to that is I'm genetically gifted. You must be. I've seen your dad. He's a very handsome man. So I can see I can see where it comes from. Strong gene pool. Absolutely. Pull. Indeed. Oh, what about Strike? Strike's got one. If you could ask Ken one question about season 2015 that he had to answer 100% honestly, what would it be? What did we do in the preseason to cause our downturn this year? Mm. Yes. Do you, so you, you think it's all back to the preseason? I think so. Yeah, I think you can even squirrel a bit deeper than that. I reckon it's the um, maybe the coaching change. Hmm. I think that might have. Well, it was one question, not uh, eight questions. There's probably about fifteen that I could ask, but limited to one. I reckon uh, what happened in the preseason. So what do you and so what would what do you think his answer would be? Oh, I don't know. That's not for me to answer. I don't. But if you had, I've given my opinion throughout the the season where I think we might have overtrained and all that sort of stuff and maybe took things a little too easily or, or overthought our game plan a little bit and game style and yeah. changed things that didn't really need to be changed and uh, probably didn't uh, do enough ball skills. Sure. Hong Kong Thuy, if you had to drop one of Loeb or Monfries, who would it be and why? Hong Kong Thuy, clearly Loeb because I reckon Monfries has had a pretty good season or even a very good season and even though... Maybe the last sort of four or five weeks, except for the Collingwood game. He hasn't really got a lot of the ball. He's still been doing his job defensively and, and shutting out um, some very dangerous players. Uh, right. Whereas Loby's just been you know out of form for, for much of the season and looks have, looks to have been struggling, um, maybe because he, he missed out on such a big chunk of the preseason and missed those sort of uh, lead-up games. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be dropping Loby ahead of Monfries if that was the Fair call. Um Quadzilla, we've gone through this one already, but I'll ask it again quickly. I can probably even answer it for you. Um, <laughs> how did you become a Port supporter? Well, that was just born. It's in your bloodline, isn't it? Oh, I was going for the Crows for a while and uh, just decided to change in uh, 2004. <laughs> What's your name, Triby? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's, a, that's a big call, that one. Yeah, look, it, it was family. I'm a... I don't know, fourth or fifth generation Port fan on, on both sides of the family. Mum's a Sturt supporter, though. Don't know how that happened. Um, Grandpa on my mum's side was a, uh, a trainer in the, I think it was in the pre-war years. Um, and great-grandma on dad's side had a lot to do with the club through the Foss era. Lived uh, literally a kick from the Southern Goals and, and used to board country players up uh, through all, all that right, sort of time period up to the 80s. Long enough. There's supposed to be quick answers, man. Come on. That was a quick answer. All right. Reman. Why don't you return his calls? Raman, I think it's pretty clear that Tribe has my heart. <laughs> Schultzenfest. 
Are you really the head of Quickie Mart? Yes. Ah, a poo. Is that your middle name? Yes. Serious question. Johns, who will be the biggest riser from now on to the end of the season? Biggest riser? Is that uh, a port player or a team? Do you think he means? I, I think it's a, I read it as a port player. Okay. I'm going to say Harvey. I reckon he'll get uh, he'll can, he'll keep improving and get a couple of games before the end of the season. Really, he didn't do much last week though. I thought he was that very uh, inconspicuous. Well, then he will rise more, won't he? <laughs> it will be. There you go. It'll be uh, what's the word? Is it Falcon esque? Right, rise from the shadows. That's it. Andre, where were you at two a.m. on the night of the fourteenth? Your alibi is very suspect. I was uh, snuggling Rick. Oh, That's what hey. I was doing. What? <laughs> Should I have not I given ate, out that information? I ate Vindaloo that night. I was a bit stinky. <laughs> um, Stephen Crow, favourite port player of all time for both Power and the Magpies. Oh, look, Maggie's is easy. Scotty Hodges followed by Roger the Dodger. Uh, Power's a bit harder. I don't actually have a standout Power favourite. I've got probably three or four on the one level, and they'd be... Um, uh, Bowen Lockwood, Stewie Jew, um, Brent Guerra, and Adam Thompson. Jeez. So mine is very similar, but you could answer it differently. So I will ask it. Fishing Rico 4, mm. if you could be born as any player from any era, who would you choose to be? Uh, Milan Philetic. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think looking like the Swedish chef from the Muppets would have had its advantages in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> Uh, Raman's got another No, but look, uh, if, if, if I was to be more serious, I'd probably choose uh, Bucky Cunningham, to be honest. He was a great player, premiership captain, um, awesome career, followed by a massive career in administration and you know led the club into that sort of AFL era. So it would have been a, a really interesting time to, to be um, Bucky Cunningham, I reckon. And for the people that are listening, feel free to tweet in what some of the answers to these questions that you would answer. And it's uh, it's actually quite funny, um, Macca, because my first thought to that question was Bucky Cunningham. Mm. I thought exactly the same. Very mm. underrated club man of Port Adelaide sometimes. Yeah. If I was Raman to wants, choose yep. a, a, a Port person, I would choose Bruce Webber because I would love to be that hated and to have um, caused that much crap in South Australian football, but at the same time have been you know one of the, the major causes to Port Adelaide going into the AFL. He didn't really care, though, did he? He seemed he to love it. He didn't care at all. It was fantastic. No. Raymond's got another quick one. Should he get this lump checked out by a doctor? Uh, if it's not in your pants, then yes. I was going to say, maybe he needs to get a porno mag or something. Hmm. Stevens Crow. Favourite big footy board moment? Court board moment? It's got to be the meltdown at the 2006 draft. The melt over um, picking Travis Boak over Joel Selwood and and Mitch Thorpe. And uh, the melt at the end of the draft picking Roden, who ended up having a great career. And look, I was included in that meltdown. And it was a great time to be alive. I had great fun that day. (laughs) I was uh, so... I I had the... uh, I had my uh, buck show the night before and was feeling absolutely sick as a dog. And, uh, yeah, just couldn't believe it when we picked uh, Boke over Mitch Thorpe. But these things happen and ended up being a pretty fine pick, I reckon. But you also can't go past the trigonometry thread, I reckon, for pure lulls and 
on a, on a bit of a selfish note. Uh, I love the I love the avatar with it. the glowing eyes. The best thing about that trigonometry thread was the black Kurt Tippett, which I have no idea where it came from, why it got made, what use it had, but suddenly there's a Kurt Tippett looking like um, Mahatma Ko. It was hilarious. What about Porthos forty thousandths post? That was good. Yep, yeah, that was uh, that was right up there. That yeah, was a bit of an epic. For a real shock and awe moment, yep. Yeah. Janus. Oh, my God, this is a long one. If we combined your ability to rate players with Russell Ebert's aesthetic knowledge and Tribe's aerobic... Aerobic? I can't even pronounce that. wit, <laughs> would we be able to weird science the best commentator of Australian football in the history of sport? If you added in the X factor of Boyd Man, then yes, probably. <laughs> now, that would be entertaining. All right. I think, uh, what else we got? Uh, let's cut down to a few. Uh, oh, and then we've got um, Noobzor and Schultzenfest going on a tangent about um, Sam May's mum having a go at him or something. That looked pretty funny, yeah. actually. Do you remember that? I, did look, I do remember that. That was very funny. Um, were Doggy, Dobby G and I Love the Hoff same person? No, they weren't. Uh, rising power, are you disappointed that Eugene Warrior didn't do his knee when he returned to Port Adelaide from Norwood via Glenelg? What a strange question. Am I disappointed he didn't do his knee? Yeah. I, know, I tend not to wish anyone does their knee, really. But look, Eugene Warrior gave me a, a wonderful moment at uh, Richmond Oval when we came from, oh, I think it was about 40 points down at, uh, yeah. against Westies and won by a point. And uh, Eugene Warrior had a massive part to play in that last quarter. And the amount of crap I gave um, Westies fans leaving the Oval, someone actually swerved and tried to hit me with their car. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems so unlike you. Uh, Silent <laughs> Oz, does my butt look big in this? Yes. Yes? Yeah, yes, I would does. have said that too. Uh, we're almost at the end. St. Chris, hair loss due to lead poisoning from living in Puri or stress due to late Williams era coaching? Definitely Williams era coaching, yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine that, that too. That final series... Between 2001 and 2004, just, uh, yeah, I lost about 50% of my hair because of that. I, <laughs> I think we all did. Uh, actually, one. ironically, I kept my hair stayed intact through that and through teenage children, and I seem to be losing it faster since the more and more people I put on as employees. Go figure. <laughs> Axel Handel, last question, serious question. Will Jesse Palmer get a game on Sunday? If so, will he play deep up forward and move or more up the ground in a short sight role? Uh, he won't be playing on Sunday, I would think, and therefore he will be moving between the um, the snack bar and his seat, I think, and maybe <laughs> into the change rooms at halftime. Well, he is, a, uh, he is a half forward, isn't he? He is, yes, so... Maybe if uh, if someone like Gray or Monfries or Wingard are laid out, then uh, he might get a game. But otherwise, I would think there would only be the one change this week. Awesome. I reckon, well, I reckon we might have is... a couple of... Uh, we've got a couple of questions on the tweets as well, mate. Yes. If you can Go. read them. Oh, you can't, can't read them? Oh. You have to read your own question. Well, this, is, uh, this will be great radio, won't it? Uh, Scott S says, uh, why are we playing on the boundary, especially transitioning from defense? Um, I would say that would be because I have no idea. I wish we would go through the middle. Obviously, the 
opponents are trying to uh, to block our run through the middle, but uh, I don't think that's a good enough response. And I think uh, we should be trying harder, take more risks. I want Can more I risky have a football. guess at this one? Yes. I think it's because we don't have Matt White in the side anymore. And therefore, we can't do the set play of running all to the flanks and leave Matt White in the middle and then try and kick it long and down the guts for him to run onto the ball. Yep. Sounds good to me. There you uh, go. Next That's question is uh, is from Bevan, uh, who's Macca's thoughts on the assistant coaches this year. Should there be changes next year, i.e. Bassett or Laid? I'd love Bassett to come in. I reckon that'd be great. I reckon if there's... Well, obviously, there's at least two coaching jobs up for offer and there might be three, possibly even four. Um, so th- there is a chance that <clears throat> that Matthew Nix does get um, you know does get one of those jobs, and we might see someone like Lade or Bassett come in. And I'd love Bassett at the club. I reckon he's a he's a great um, he's a great footy mind, and, and would add a lot to our coaching staff. Yeah, do you reckon Nix would still get poached? I we've sort of gone a bit backwards. Well, well and let's say really the defence has lost. Does that really the, matter? The, the I don't think that matters. The defence has lost its effectiveness. I don't think that really matters that we've gone backwards on um, mm. on the, on the form of assistant coaches. I don't think. No, you don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. Hmm. Interesting. And Crazy Big Al says, uh, "Will we make the finals?" And to that, I would say no. I don't think we can. That's what I like to hear. Jonas, here he is. Hello, how are you? Good, good. What is going, going on, Janus? Oh, not much. I just went to the Port Club and constructed my own Port Adelaide show bag, consisting of that Club 1870 backpack, one of those merino wool jumpers, and a black PA hat to complete my collection. And how much did that set you back? I don't know. The jumper was a hundred bucks, but with the discount, it wasn't. So it was okay. Mm. Awesome. So a hundred and almost one hundred and forty bucks. But anyway, I want to get one of those um, Port Adelaide uh, frozen um, beer jugs. I saw them. I reckon they look pretty cool. They'll be good for <laughs> summer. Good summertime investment at winter. I think they're those um, like the thermosy ones. Yeah, you put them in the freezer to chill and then you put your beer in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keep, keeps the beer cold. And that's always good. It's what you want. Absolutely. So what are we What are we going to rant about this week, boys? Are we, are we shocked by the injury to Pittard <clears throat> and what it's going to do to us? Shocked and stunned, mate. It's, uh, it's not a good thing at all, but uh, we will move on. We will move on. Look, uh, I think it, it's got, he's going to be a big loss I think to our side certainly down back and the run that he gives us across half back you know obviously Cracker will come back in and hopefully provide that run but you know Pittard's a lot fitter than what Cracker is so um, you know hopefully if, if Cracker does come in he can uh, play out a full game well who are the other inclusions uh, Andrew Moore Aaron Young and Jesse Palmer right Sorry, that's just the local establishment going past my office. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they're not visiting me again. So do you think Aaron Young and Andrew Moore are a chance? No, no. no. I think we'll just make the one the one change. That'll be it. Don't one stuff change. with the winning side. We've got, uh, we had a really good win. Don't stuff it up. 
Yeah. So, I mean, someone else was suggesting that maybe Matthew Lowe might be a late withdrawal for another player. That would be very dangerous, I'd imagine, against Sam Jacobs. Jack has been doing... I mean, he always seems to cut us up, but I don't know. Has he been doing particularly well this year? I haven't had a look at the stats and stuff, so I couldn't tell you either way whether it's a big probably, deal or not. Probably better than Lobie's form this year. But maybe Ryder will step up to the plate and become like this Superman hero type Super Saiyan thing and just like jump over the top of him. You know? He's not at Essendon anymore, Janus. <laughs> well, that too. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Just... Get him on the go-go juice. <laughs> it's called super juice, man. <laughs> so how do we think this uh, this unique showdown is going to play out? Uh, uh, look, I think, it's, I think the script's going to be the same as last week for the Crows. I think they're going to come out on this emotional supercharged ride and... Um, I think Port's just going to have to to hang in there and and rebut that with their own. Um, but I I just think that this tragedy is really going to probably hold them emotionally back, and it, it's a tough gig for what they've got to go through. And uh, I think we should get on top and uh, and probably uh, be the more dominant team. I would imagine. Mm. Yeah. yeah I've- I've got a big feeling it's going to be on like Donkey Kong out there, to be honest. I've just had this feeling that given the emotion after the match last week against the Eagles and the funeral this week, it's going to be a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a cathartic moment for the Crows. And, you know, they'll be ready to move on now from the events of the last couple of weeks. And I reckon they'll be viewing this one as one of the most must-win games that they've ever had as a footy club. Mm. Well, it is a must-win game for them, isn't it, really? They, it is. Um... I mean, they dropped out of the eight. They're half a game out. You look at the games that uh, North Geelong, I think uh, Collingwood and GWS have, and they, they'd all be expecting to win those games, and they really don't want to fall one and a half games behind the eight with uh, Sydney and Richmond coming up as well. Yeah. I think it's going to... You're right, it's going to be a must-win game for the Crows, and Rick's right, it's going to be emotionally charged as well. But the last game that was like that for the Crows was round two last year when it was the first home game and we know what happened there I guess the main thing for us is if we play our game and play to our potential it shouldn't we should be able to do what West Coast did but if we let them get on top at all um, in terms of the emotional side of things because you know whatever Crows fans that are in the crowd are going to be cheering like you wouldn't believe. And it's always, you always seem to be cheering louder when it's an away game in any sort of sport because you it's like us against them type thing. So, yeah. yeah, if they get on top and get a bit of a role happening and stuff, then, and if the crowd, which I don't know what's happened this year, but every time I've been to games and stuff, the crowd has seemed to be really subdued, like it was as if we're waiting for something to happen. You know, something exciting to cheer about, and then it was like, yeah, you know what I mean? But Yeah, no, I agree 100% with that. I reckon our crowds this year have been um, a lot quiet. Yeah, yeah a but lot maybe quiet that's. Compared to last year. 
do the crowds dictate the play or do the play dictate the crowds? Uh, I mean, I'm a th- I mean, it's hard to cheer when there's not much to cheer about. And how many wins have we had at home? Three wins? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't really been playing uh, blinding football where, you know, there's you know extended periods of play where it's just um, chant-worthy and, and motivating to the point where you're up and vibrant, you know. So I think the crowd, the crowd atmosphere really reflects the form of a sign. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. But at the same time, you could say that just the same way that the crowd is waiting for something to happen, you know, something to get up and cheer about because there's not like who cheers a tackle or who cheers that. That's what people should be doing all the time. It's the same way that the players have been playing this year. They're waiting for someone else to do something really spectacular so they can all get up and, you know, cheer it and stuff. But it's all, that's not what makes a great football side. Great football comes from doing all the little small things. As Ken says, you do the little things right first, and then it all snowballs into one big thing. So, can I actually make a? While we're talking about the crowd, I almost me and me and my son Tyler we laugh about it, but we we almost want the power chart to be banished forever because every time our team our supporters seem to start the slow power chant, we uh, we always get goals kicked on us. <laughs> it seems to be, it it seems to be a curse for us more than anything. I think that that chance should be reserved only for when you're like seventy points up, like we were <laughs> against Carlton that time or Richmond or something like that. You know, it's you know. But have you guys noticed that? I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, within within it's... two minutes of it starting, someone like the opposition always kick a goal. Yeah, either either us as a, a cheer squad, we get the timing wrong, or um, yeah, we it's just bad luck for us. Maybe we need to uh, reserve the chant for when uh, a set there's a set, set shot on goal directly out ten meters out from goal, so mm-hmm. we've got a guarantee of getting a goal. Yes. Oh, well, look, the Crows have dropped um, Nathan Van Bilo, a bit of a surprise there, and they've also dropped uh, Cam Ellis-Yolman. Um, who do we think will come in? Because they've named uh, Podsy Adley, they've named Lyons, Shaw Martin, and uh, Rory Atkins. If he plays, it'll be his debut. The only surprise with Van Bilo was that it wasn't done sooner. Come yeah, on. hasn't really? had a good year. Hasn't had yeah. a good year at all. Yeah. Well, he's come back from a pretty serious injury, and he is an older fella. Yeah. You'd have to think maybe Lyon is going to come back in. I would think from that, I'm I'm thinking maybe Brody Martin and Rory Atkins. Yeah, I don't know much about Rory Atkins to be honest. So tell us a bit more, Macca. Well, he's like a midfielder slash half forward. Um, you know, quite quick, good skills. Is he blonde? He's not blonde. I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh. that's a surprise. Well, what did you go? Well, he wasn't a Matt Rendell selection, so all the blonde kids <laughs> started going to Collingwood. I think from there. What about uh, Ellis Yolman? What did What did you think of him as a player? I think he's a he reads the play exceptionally well, especially at stoppages. Um, but his foot skills are abysmal, and um, that's probably one thing that's holding him back from really becoming quite a competent AFL player. I would think. But look, his ability to actually you know, win the clearance at the stoppage is as good as anybody. 
He's got a good size about him, doesn't he? He is, yeah. He's Must an interesting player. He, he doesn't look like he should be a footballer, but you know he, he does actually play pretty well and usually plays really well at SANFL level. So he's almost there. Maybe next year he might um, become a full-time you know, part of their sort of first 18. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Would maybe J-Pod get an opportunity? It's possible, but um, with Walker, Lynch, Jenkins... Um, and then they've down back. They've still got Hardigan, Talia, Lever, and then Jacobs. I mean, do they really need J Pod? I'm not sure there's a spot for him unless um, someone like Jenkins or Lynch is a is a late withdrawal. Well, they yeah they they seem to be one tall short in defence. Um, obviously, J Pod must have been on the nose with the late Phil Walsh. Maybe um, maybe this is his uh, last opportunity. Mm. Yeah, maybe they'll play him as a defender, swing forward, perhaps. Maybe, he be, maybe. He wouldn't be playing next year, though, would he? Didn't he no. only have a two-year current contract? So, yeah, I mean... Well, he's about 37 years old, so... <laughs> exactly, you kind, of, you kind of think, what's the point, uh, I guess, I mean... He, he, was the, he was the only real person crying when Sanderson got the sack. <laughs> my God, my career's screwed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is anyone concerned about the uh, the different message that's coming out from both camps this week? I mean, the Crows are all sort of, you know, we're going to hit them hard, we're going to come out firing and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Porter all hugs and kisses and, you know, the, the rivalry's on hold for a week and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but is, is that more about the off-field rivalry more than the on-field rivalry? Um, oh, no doubt it is, I... but do you think that can... Um... Yeah, that can sort of ooze its way onto the park as well. Uh, I don't think so. I think the, I think the boys will be um, stealing themselves for... Uh, sorry, I'm just seeing this limp, lip sync ad with Mike Tyson in it, and it was very disturbing. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, look, I think they're going to... I think our boys are going to be very fired up. To, uh, I almost feel like it's been territorial. Who loves Phil Walsh more week? in a way. And, um, yeah, I think our boys are going to be coming out really wanting to do it for Phil. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a, too much of an issue in terms of motivation. Once you cross the white line and the first bounce happens, like, there might be a little bit of a lull in the first five minutes or something if they really want to go in hard. And you'll probably see the tone of it because you'd, you'd reckon that if they're going to... If the crows reckon they're going to crash some bodies and stuff, you'd probably see a bit of, you know, how you do before any first bounce, that whole rough housing type thing, everyone getting in with the shoulders and shit. Um, well, could that actually backfire to the crows? Like, could they be maybe too focused on the physical intimidation to, that they they forget about the actual playing of the game? Yeah, like you, you can lose yourself in the emotion of it and say, oh, I've got to do this, you know. Gotta gotta get that ball, gotta do that, but instead of thinking what your role is, you know, you're thinking about what it's gonna do for the rest of the team. Mm. But, yeah. Look, let's uh talk about some key players for the Crows. Obviously Dangerfield, he's been in super form this year. He's probably only really behind Nat Fife and Dan Hannabury in terms of form and impact for the season in the, across the whole AFL. He's in the top 20 in 
I think tackles, clearances, inside fifties, and contested possessions. Um, do we have a player that can go with him this week, or you know, do we put someone like Wines on him to try and stop his influence at stoppages? Yeah, I don't think we've. I don't think we've got a natural matchup for him. Um, but we never seem to do a direct matchup on him. We we sort of let him. You know, we try to just apply pressure whoever's closest. I think. I think. I think the key for us is really to try and minimise the Im- impact of the ruckman uh, and getting the hitouts to the, the advantage. That's I think going to be the stronger key for us. Mm. Yeah. I think he's one of those players that you just... He's going to do what he does, whatever that is, whether it's playing a really good game or um, or not, vice versa. But since we don't have a matchup, I mean, even if Kane was still playing, he still wouldn't be a, the right matchup for him. So um, in terms of being a tagger, so I don't, I don't think you would probably concentrate on the other players and just let him do his thing, maybe go head-to-head with the wines and try and hurt him the other way a little bit you know like you said but yeah we don't have anyone who's a direct thing that's going to negate him or take him out of the game completely if you're going to do that though are you is it worth do you want to if you're going to try and hurt him the other way would it be better to then maybe go head to head with a Travis Boak or a Robbie Gray I don't know I just don't know if they've got yeah I think the um, I mean I would I was agreeing with Maka purely for the fact that I think Wines has the strength to negate him in terms of his... Because from what I remember of Dangerfield, I don't really pay that much attention to him, unfortunately. But from what I remember of Dangerfield, he likes to hit the packs running past. And Well, that's what I mean. That... So playing playing Ollie Wines, who's a see ball, get ball, dive ball, get it out sort of player... Um, matching him up on Dangerfield could run a risky game of Ollie goes to get ball and leaves Dangerfield a bit more time and space to get the opportunity to get the ball and run away with it. Whereas, um, uh, and or it could also mess up Ollie's game in relation to, well, oh, shit, well, should I go for the ball or should I be sitting back watching Danger, making sure he doesn't get it? Um, or you know, are we better off just letting Nolly play his own game and and going? Yeah. Trav, you you play on danger, and if we get the ball, you run forward because he's probably already running forward anyway. Yeah, what I'm saying, playing him on them. I don't mean he does some sort of tagging role or anything like that. I just say no, no. he just goes. They both play exactly the same way that they shouldn't. If Wines gets the ball first, then Dangerfield's not going to get it. It's as simple as that. And then he I'm takes not it suggesting away. a tagging job. I, I think um, if you put Wines on danger at the stoppages and, and tell him to stop Dangerfield from getting the ball, then I think that's that goes a long way to us winning the game, I reckon, especially because we know that Wines is going to have that sort of impact getting in and under and getting the ball anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, he won't be able to go with him sort of aerobically, you know, running up and down the park, I don't think. So, yeah. I guess mm. the other one that's uh, that's had a, a super good year so far is Rory Laird, who's averaging 26 touches a game over the last nine weeks, and he's their number one rebounder from defensive 50 and, and plays loose a fair bit. He's had a pretty big impact this year, runs forward a lot, can kick a goal. Um, you would think uh, Gus Monfries might be a suitable matchup there. The old defensive forward role. That's it. That everyone hates. Well, you, 
We saw <laughs> we saw the we saw the best of Mumphreys last week abandoning that role though. So yeah, you know, do we want to do we want to sacrifice the freedom that he played with last week to to constrict him into that sort of negative role again? Well, it's a million dollar question, really, isn't it? I mean, it, even though, as I said. Um, with one of those uh, pre-podcast questions, Rick. I mean, even though he wasn't getting a lot of the ball, he was still doing a fantastic job defensively, um, you know, over the last sort of four or five weeks. So, you know, he's shut down some pretty good players this year. And you know, if we can shut down Rory Laird, I mean, that's a that's a large chunk of their sort of rebounding ability gone from the game. Mm. I think there's a bit of a difference between saying, oh, shut him down doesn't mean you don't score at all. Make, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, you know, so you can do both in a perfect world and still, like, lead for the ball and do all the things that Ford's supposed to do. But then when the ball turns over in transition, then you switch over to that defensive mindset. And I think that's probably a problem that a lot of our players haven't quite got yet this year, that whole phase in transition of trans going from defense to attack and vice versa they don't because they're like oh i'm I'm afraid i'm going to be caught out doing something else over here so i won't be i won't go that way so i'll stay here so that if something bad happens i'm set i'm right and that's just not the way you want to do it you want to play that brave football that ken hinkley talks about and again everyone hates hearing now <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be doing it this year but yeah that's what he's talking about i think anyway yeah. Well, what about is the main man, Eddie Betts, probably our, one of our biggest issues. And he probably uh, really highlighted the form slump that Tom Jonas has been in this year in, in round five because he, he really pantsed um, uh, Tommy J. J and, uh, but it seemed to be like we were happy to lose that battle to win the war overall. Yeah. Is, is that maybe the same sort of attitude we're going to go with in this game as well? Quite possibly. I mean, he's certainly... The biggest X factor in the game is kicked 13 goals in the three games against Port since crossing to the crow. Uh, yeah, since crossing to the Crows, and I don't know. I mean, with Jonas out of the side, is Impy the most natural opponent for him? I mean, he, he burnt mm. him twice last year. Do we play cracker on him? Is he going to be able to go with him the whole game? I mean, it, it's a tricky matchup. I think it is a tricky pl- matchup. You keep playing Impy on him first to get him that experience and that um, confidence is not the right word because confidence means that you're actually succeeding because you might not succeed but you know what I mean like that whole get used to what those particular forwards are doing so therefore it increases your um, your wisdom and your knowledge about okay he's going to do this now so I know that so next time he plays as long as Impy keeps improving each time he plays on him at the start then that's all you can ask for. Whether we stay with yeah. that for the rest of the game is, remains to be seen, but you're probably going to find it's going to be a combination effort in the end. Would you go with the taller player of Cam O'Shea, which is, seems to be something we like to do, to try and match up with a taller player on Eddie Betts? It's a tough call. I don't think O'Shea's smart enough to play on Eddie Betts, to be honest. I think... Cam O'Shea dropping back in front of Eddie Betts might be a good strategy to have, and as long as we got uh, someone behind him as well, I think that might that might work out pretty well. But I would almost be thinking Cam O'Shea will be playing on Tom Lynch. I would think. 
not Tom Cleary? I mean, Cleary's another option that could play on Lynch, and, or he might get Jenkins, I don't know. Um, Trent goes there as well, so he'll probably get Jenkins. At least we've got a lot of options. Yeah. And then it yeah, depends if Podsy Adley does play. I mean, if, if J-Pod does play, and then you know that means uh, Cleary will be taken up with, uh, with the J-Pod, you would think. Yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it? It's... Uh... I know you hate the showdowns, don't you, Mecca? Yes, I don't like them at all. From a result perspective? <clears throat> yeah, I just can't enjoy them until we've got the game basically sewn up. <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes enjoyable. But I, I don't know, this one's a bit different because of the, the Phil Walsh thing. This one's a bit different. I'm, I'm feeling a bit more relaxed about this one. Yeah. it's and maybe, um... maybe it's because I feel like our season's almost pretty much over. Um, mm. th- there's not really a hell of a lot riding on this game as there was, um, you know, the second match last year or the first match this year. Yeah, well, I guess for me, it's uh, it's just about seeing improvement from here on in. And um, I want to see faith that our players and game plan are going in the in the right direction more than finals. But and if that means we end up finishing ninth, um, you know, and miss out on finals, well. That's a kick up the ass we deserve, but I'd rather see us win, you know, six or seven or eight of their last eight games rather than lose six of them and, and finish down near the bottom trying to tank for a draft pick. And hopefully our players, well, we need to see O'Shea sort of continue on an upward form trend and, and Jarman Impey keep showing what he's doing and, you know, and those young players keep improving. And, uh, you know, at least I can take something away from this season if that's the case. Mm. Because we don't tank at Port. It ain't over till it's over. Hey, <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> That's all I say. Well, it, it isn't. But I mean, it just sucks when you got to rely on results going your way um, to sort of be hanging in the season. You know, we sort of we sort of needed in a way the Bulldogs to lose last week, and um, you know they've got a pretty soft draw. GWS don't have a hard draw, um, and they're the teams that I guess we're going to be vying for uh, with that, those final positions. So, but you know, it isn't over until it's over. So, and a win, a win this week will go a long way. And at least there's going to be cracking conditions too—a nice, um, sunshiny day for a change in the, over the last few weeks. So that's going to help with the quality of football as well. Yeah, I guess the other key factor would be the ruck. Uh, the ruck duel between Jacobs and uh, and Lobian Ryder. I think uh, the Lobian Ryder combo worked him over in round five. I think we had something like uh, 60 hitouts to 39 or something like that. And Jacobs seems to waver between being either best on ground or being absolutely thrashed in showdowns. It doesn't really seem to be much middle ground in the rock in the uh, in the ruck contest in showdowns. So, how do we feel this one's going to play out this weekend? Well, fit Lobby and a fit Ryder. Uh, you would think would be able to overpower um, uh, Sam Jacobs, I would think. Uh, Loby on his own, as we've seen in the past, not necessarily. Ryder on his own, I, I'm not convinced with. I'm still not sure where Ryder's form is. But um, collectively, they should be able to mix and match and create enough confusion and variety to be able to cause some issues. Will we see something like what we saw against Geelong where they played... Uh, Blitzards and Stanley against Loby by himself. 
do you think we might see a Lobian rider dual ruck combo working over Jacobs? Well, we see, we seem to be going hard in this um, two ruck third man up situation the last couple of weeks, don't we? Mm. So maybe that's going to be our agenda again. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm a bit worried about Jacobs, actually, to be honest. I think. Uh, well, he's a worrying player. He is. I don't. Th- I don't think our rucks are in great form, and um, yeah, I'm a bit worried that he might be able to get on top. And if he gets on top, um, yeah, well then uh, it can be a real worry for our midfield. You'll know in the first ten minutes if he trips over his own feet and kicks a goal. Then it's going to be a poor day, <laughs> or poor day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Well, I and hope we see not, them... I, I can't go on another drinking binge again. So, <laughs> uh, not after last week. That's it. How do we see the matchups up forward playing out? Do you think uh, Talia will, will get Schultz, or do you think he'll play on Westoff? Mm. Can he run with Westoff? He, has in yeah. the, he did twice last year. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. How did he go? Oh, he beat him both times. Well, then you'd think he'd go with Westhoff, especially after Westhoff's um, output last week. They'd probably be pretty worried about uh, Westhoff's influence, I would imagine. Mm. Which means if that's the case, well, I guess he's just a stopper, isn't he? Because you don't really... You wouldn't really play Westhoff in some sort of decoy role to take him out of the play, would you? you I guess you'd maybe just try and run Westhoff more around the pack and the ball, I guess, to try and run, shake him loose a little bit. I, I imagine that'd probably be the best way to try and go. Probably, yeah. I mean, Hardigan's probably the more natural matchup for Schultz as well. He's probably got the size to sort of wrestle him out of the play and maybe keep up with him. And I don't know, Jakey Lever on Patrick Ryder, that's probably going to be an interesting matchup. You're a big rap for Hardigan as a player, though, aren't you, Macca? <laughs> He's... No. Yeah. I thought you thought he was one of the best up and coming defenders going around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Nathan Loney was hard as hard as nails. <laughs> uh, good old Loney. Having well, I mean, having said that, that now, watch Kyle Hardigan keep uh, Jay Schultz scoreless or something like that, just to rub it in. Well, we need a. The, I guess the key to winning in this one is. Schultz to kick more than one goal because the stats are thrown around last week were that if Schultz kicks multiple goals, Port Adelaide win. Mm. So um, does happen. we want to see Schultz kick two goals in the first quarter and then we're laughing. That's it. I think we put yeah. Janus to sleep. No, I've got nothing to say. You've you've covered everything that I could possibly say. Don't lie. You're actually rolling around on your bed in your new port gear, aren't you? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I don't care what those boys are saying. I got my top and my jumper. Damn it, Rick's right. I should have got that bloody chiller mug too. Damn it all. I did pick it up. I did pick it up and looked at it and went, what is this thing? But anyway. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. And I guess for one, I don't know. How do do you guys feel about this whole Phil Walsh thing? To me, I... I feel like it's now dragging on a little bit. 
I um, from a supporter's perspective. I can I can imagine internally, like the players and the coaching, like the club itself. I could I can see like the respect being given a feel internally, but from a supporter, I feel like last week was the tribute for Phil, and I just think, I feel like now it's just sort of going a little bit over the top, turning into a bit of a circus. It's probably yeah, just a bit make... unfortunate that the fixture has played out how it has yeah. since it happened. I mean, if the showdown was, say, in round 20, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid that, you know, we're going to do a joint banner and a joint march and there's going to be a minute silence and all that sort of stuff. But just for the fact that, unfortunately, it's played out that for the second week in a row we're going to have this, and then for the Crows, you would think next week they're going to have it again for their first home game. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably has dragged on, but, I mean, it's probably, you know, a worthwhile thing to do. And for me, I mean, it, I think it's it's fair enough that we have a joint. Who's it, who's it worthwhile for? Oh, I think it's worthwhile for the supporters and for the players and, and the staff to remember Phil Walsh um, in a game against the two clubs where he had the biggest impact. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I feel like we did it last week as supporters. The players can do their own respectful things for as long as they want behind closed doors. Sure, just, but it's also to a, be respectful for the Crows fans that are going to be there who haven't had the opportunity to go through Well, they can they, they get that opportunity next week. I'm sure there's going to be a fantastic celebration of life at their, um, at their home game next week for the Crows faithful to collectively celebrate um, what Phil did and his influence as in the AFL and in his short time at the Crows. So, yeah, I just, I, I, to me, I just feel like we've done it. We've we've done it from a supporter's perspective last week, and and I was just fearful that this was going to be become a bit of a, a circus and you know played on with the media and uh, and everything else and sort of drawn out. And yeah, I think you know for the family's perspective as well, they they need a, an opportunity to move on, and as it's dwelled on in in the footy circles and the media, that makes it a bit more difficult as well. Mm, I disagree. I don't know. I mean, if J-Mac, with the J-Mac situation, if we had played Collingwood in, say, round three, four or five, knowing that we had the minute silence and all that sort of stuff against GWS in round two, I don't think we'd still be sitting here saying, oh, it's too much. It's a bit of a circus. But you are in touch with your emotions. I am. I'm an emotional fella. You are. <laughs> I, I just think it's respectful, and it was always going to happen. The first showdown after this happened, there was always going to be a joint tribute. It just happens to be two weeks after it happened, and the week after we've already had a tribute for ourselves anyway. So I do like the uh, yeah, I, I think, And this will be it. I mean, for Port, this will be it. After this, yeah. it's you know back to normal. It's, it's just because we've we've got two home games in a row, pretty much. That's what it is. If if it was like a normal, yeah, way. but it's our home. It's our home game. It's not the crows' yes. game. Yeah, so we don't Some have the, to pander to the crows. Sometimes I don't think we are it. pandering to the crows. I think we're doing the right thing by having a joint tribute at the two clubs that he had the biggest impact. But what's it got to do with the crows? And did he have a big impact at the he crows? Was their coach. What was he there for? He was there for eight he was months. Their coach. He was their coach. He was there for eight months. That's it. He was their coach. Probably had more. He probably had more impact at Geelong. Oh, Rick. Jeez. <laughs> How long was he at Geelong for? Years. 
Don't make well, me hello. edit all this out, Rick. <laughs> the edit hammer is coming out tonight. <laughs> no, you better not. It's a fair point. I'm not the only. Su- no, I'm not the only supporter. That's bloody. Um, that feels oh, like this. I, I think I've, no, no doubt. I think there's other people that feel like this as well, and I think your opinion is valid, but I personally disagree. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. You can disagree. Yes. Even though that just if you disagree with me, that means you you're wrong because I'm always right. Yeah, that's uh, that's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, let's move on. And uh, who's, we'll going move on. who's going we'll... to win the game and who's going to win the Phil Walsh medal? I like the medal. I think the medal's good. And I hope next year it becomes the Bailey Walsh medal. Yeah, that's a that good call. Be, that's a good call. That would be my preference. I would like that. Yep. Who's going to win, Janus? Port. And I reckon by around about 13 points. <sighs> Best player? Really close. Uh, hmm. Justin Westhoff. I reckon the half will just run right. And what crowd will we get? Fifty thousand three hundred and thirty-six. Is that pre or, post, pre or post the uh, stuffing around with the figures by the SMA? That's, that's pre. <laughs> post will okay. be 49,700 and whatever. Do you guys reckon there was more than 45,000 people there on Thursday night? <laughs> I was surprised it like that it crack- actually came out like 45,000. It was a cracker of a crowd. I thought it looked more like about 42 or 43. Oh, really? I, I thought yeah. it was more 48, 49, but there you go. Hmm. Anyway, can you can you really eyeball three thousand people, two thousand people? It's hard to tell because of the rain. So so <laughs> many people went inside or went undercover. It was pretty hard to tell in the end. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so well, you Rick, what's Macca? your uh, what are your thoughts? Oh well, I was waiting for you to guess first. Okay. I mean, well, I need I'm, I'm going to say, all right. I'm going to say the crowd's going to be uh, pre the uh, the stuffing around with the figures. I'm going to say fifty two thousand. 610. I reckon it's going to be absolutely jam-packed. Um, and I'm going to pick... I think the Crows have more road riding on this game. I think um, their emotions will be more in check this week. And I think they're going to come out and win by 52 points. And I'm going to say Brody Smith will win the um, uh, the Phil Walsh medal. You are a disgrace. Then, then it really will be over. <laughs> it will be over if that oh. happens. Don't say that because my staff won't see me on Monday because I'll be absolutely plastered if that's what happened. <laughs> that would just be um, not appropriate at all. Hmm. I reckon it's going to be 53,000. I reckon it's going to be a record break. <clears throat> People will be hanging from the rafters with this morbid fascination to absorb the memorial um, that's going on. And I'm saying Port Adelaide by... 49 points because the Crows are going to crumble um, under the emotional stress of it all. And uh, Chad Wingard with six goals is going to be the man. 
All right, awesome. well, we might leave it there for now, I think, after that uh, wonderful yeah. finish <laughs> of the podcast. I've got to say, I've, I've done some research while we've been posting here, and it looks like I did back when I was, uh, what, 18. I did write a post when Eugene Warrior came back to the club that I hoped he did his knee in his first game. So there you go. <laughs> the, the things you say when you're an 18-year-old, eh? Hey, we forgot we're supposed to give away a football ticket. Oh, shit. That's true. <laughs> Who wants a football ticket? Someone ring up now and get a footy ticket. We'll waffle on for um, <clears throat> a minute. If someone calls up, we'll give away the footy ticket. So what sort of footy and ticket is it, Rick? It's a locker room ticket. <laughs> awesome. St. Chris, you are going to the locker room. Well done. Well, well done, St. Chris. I don't know what the hell oh, happened there, Mac. Thanks, but... guys. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll let Forza Port know and he'll uh, he'll get it to you. That's it. And get that Good direct work. link going, Macca. <clears throat> we did that very well then. That was uh, very professional. Well, I got I got muted, hung up on, and then yeah. I was on hold. So, <laughs> don't, know, don't know what happened there. <coughs> but it's a cracker Perfect of a game radio. to get a free... It's a cracker of a game to get a free ticket to the locker room, though. The showdown. That's incredible. That what about incredible. you, Mr. Mr. Before the Bounce, Macca. I will be doing the Before the Bounce in my uh, suit and uh, three-course meal and drinks. And Who are you going with? Oh, my old man. He uh, he, got, he got some tickets, so... Uh, Jeez, he gets around, doesn't he? He gets in all the good does. seats. He does, yeah. He does well. He's done very well. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you go to the footy with your old man most weeks? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Every week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually thinking about next year, just ditching the corporate tickets and just sitting with my son. That's probably the one yeah. thing I, I miss, not sitting with my boy. He's got to yeah. sit in a different spot because he's not worth 250 bucks a ticket. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> so uh, I, reckon, I reckon next year I might ditch the corp and, and just sit with him and, and watch the footy. Good stuff. We are still what? live here, Rick. As well, while well, we're having right. this very intimate discussion about our families. That's all right. He um, he doesn't listen to this show anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> Janus, are you still with us? Or did you drop out in the great crash of 10 o'clock? No, I'm still here. Although I did crash out. <laughs> you did crap, crap out? I did crash. Crash, crap. Both of them. Crash, work. crack. You're just rolling around in your new footy games. That's what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, poor poor porn. I need the poor porn. On this wonderful note, I'm going to hang up from everyone and say, count the pair. Count the pair. And the pair. That was he. Gray was brave. Running hard, more getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Monfrey's centering ball, Cassisi! <laughs> you know who again! It is his birthday! <laughs> Kids are freaking!